This week on the Canadian Tech Podcast, Loblaws has unveiled a Amazon Prime type service. Google lays down the law on ticket resale sites. CBC shows us how easy it is to hack Canadian cell phone networks, and more Canadians are shopping online. That's all next and more on the Canadian Tech Podcast. The Canadian Tech Podcast is sponsored by Olio Digital Labs. Olio are the planners, designers, and developers of the apps used by some of Canada's biggest brands. Find out what Olio can do for you at oleodigitallabs.com. And we're also sponsored by CodeShip, continuous integration and delivery software that lets you ship your apps with confidence. Both CodeShip Basic and CodeShip Pro come with a free plan that grants 100 builds per month on limited projects and unlimited users. Visit CodeShip.com today to find out which CodeShip product is right for you. Welcome to the Canadian Tech Podcast, episode 141 for Monday, November 7th, 2017, sponsored by Oleo Digital Labs and CodeShip. My name is Stuart Clark. And my name is, yep, What's still Derek Silva. Excellent. Well, that's that's that, that's good to know. We we have other uh, other places trying to copy our names of our <laughs> podcast. Let's not let's not copy the hosts. That's Although I don't idea. think our respective partners would appreciate if there was two of us each. Mm, probably not. Probably not. So, okay. So, yeah, we're recording on a Monday night. Uh, we were both really, really busy. I had a week from, shall we say, hell last week. Total weirdness. If I went through it, we'd run out of time for any of the stories, so I'm not going to. So we're just going to uh, plow right ahead here with some of our quick picks, Derek. Uh, Loblaws is taking a page out of Amazon's playbook by launching the PC Insiders program, which I thought they kind of already had. But this is different. Mm-hmm. So PC Insiders now is a $99 a year or $9.99 per month program. This does sound familiar. Where members get tons of perks in the PC Plus loyalty account, which is the... Uh, oh, no, that's not rebranded Points. yet. That will be rebranded in yeah. February to PC Optimum. But anyway, PC Plus loyalty account. Uh, so basically, you have to have a P- uh, President's Choice Financial MasterCard. Mm-hmm. Which I guess would be a simply financial MasterCard soon. And uh, no, no, actually, no? Uh, no, no, they are keeping that. Oh, okay. He's, he's anyway, keeping the MasterCard, just the debit stuff. Okay, so you need a PC financial MasterCard and a PC Plus loyalty account. Mm-hmm. What what does this get you? Well, this gets you perks at beautyboutique.ca, which is from Shoppers Drug Mart, uh, Joe Fresh online and in store, online deliveries through Click and Collect. Uh, through uh, from almost 200 stores across Canada. Except the one closest to you. Except that one. Uh, 20% back in PC points uh, on Essentials. Uh, 20% back in PC points on all Joe Fresh products in store and online. 20 times 20 times the PC points uh, when you shop online at beautyboutique.ca. Free click and collect at nearly 200 locations. So it's not actually delivery yet, I don't think. It's click and collect. No, still click and collect. Um, which would save you $3 at off-peak times and $5 at on-peak times. Free shipping for Joe Fresh Beauty Boutique purchases and $99 PC travel credit travel credit once a year when booking through pctravel.ca. However, only for people who have bought the yearly subscription. So basically, right. you can get that $99 back if you book a trip through pctravel.ca, which I didn't even know existed. 
So well, we'll see how this all goes. Um, I know this is supposed to be the quick hits, but Stuart, hot take. Are you interested? No, I'm, I'm not the, I, you know, there's, it's bound to be customers that actually do that, you know, shopping a lot at shoppers, drug Mart at beauty boutique or at Joe fresh and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, I don't think I'd be able to justify the price, but you know, there's people's out there, especially young families in that, that probably, probably could that I'm assuming they've done some, uh, you know, they've done some uh, research on this. And yeah. Figure, figure this, figure there's going to be. And this if, is, of you, course, after... if you Go do ahead. click and collect during on peak times, uh, not 12, 12 is only 60 bucks. So that's what, uh, 18 times you get your mm-hmm. money back. 18 so times in a year. So that could be worth can... it. Yeah. But then so, you'd so, have to you know, get I... everything else yeah. on top. Yeah. So there's, you know, they're definitely going after a certain. Now, this is, of course, after they close 22 stores. Yes, um, I know so you're bitter, really, but that's not the tech angle. I know, <laughs> I know, I'm not bitter, really. Um, but yeah, they're 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 definitely trying to move to more with a digital presence. Um, so yeah, um, you know, again, they're still going to have their their existing points program. So this is like an extra one. This is like PC points enhanced. Or yeah, PC points version. Two. Well, it's a rebrand. It's not a rebrand. Sparkles. It's a redo of the PC Insiders yeah. program because that used yeah. to be like get a magazine and stuff like that. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Uh, according to yep. FedEx, the FedEx Online Shopping Intention Survey, say that five times fast. Uh, near after being survey or after surveying nearly fifteen hundred randomly selected Canadian adults, we found out that sixty-five percent of those people surveyed said they plan to do some or all of their holiday shopping online this season. That's up ten points from fifty-five percent last year. And 6% of Canadian shoppers said they plan to shop online for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that's mostly super young people and elderly people for the most Careful part. Say that last one. Yeah, exactly. I said elderly. Very good. All right. That's good. No, my mom, now for someone who's in neither of those, in case she's listening, my mom actually used Amazon <laughs> for the first time last year. Cool. She did. I didn't even know she did it until she actually did it and it arrived. And I didn't even know about it until she mentioned it to me one day. That's neat. So yeah. So there you go. That's good. Uh, 70, lastly, I'll say 74% of online shoppers said they plan to start shopping before Cyber Monday, like me. I'm almost yes. done, man. I've got like three gifts yeah. left to buy, and I'm done. I, and, wait, wait, wait. How oh, can you have that? I haven't given you my list yet. Yeah, about that. Ah, um, okay. Hey. <laughs> I don't know how to break this to you, Damn but it. No. I'm going to spend that you money mean, on my kids instead. Um, that's all right. I'd rather you do that. And eighty six oh sorry eighty seven percent said they were going to sh- do their online shopping from home. Seventy six said they will do it on a laptop or desktop computer over a phone or tablet. I mm-hmm. don't blame them at all because shopping on a smaller device is still not a great experience. Pain in the ass, yeah, exactly. Done there. Uh, so we talked last week about Rogers asking for an extension on their December 1st deadline to come into compliance with the wireless code of conduct. Lo and behold, magically, what a coincidence, right after Rogers said that, and we said, hey, Telus and Bell and Videotron and Wind, or not, not Wind, Freedom, are mofo, uh, aren't asking for this. Telus went ahead and asked for for an extension as well because apparently, despite their quote best efforts, it will be quote 
impossible for it to implement the necessary changes to its build management system in order to become compliant with the wireless code of conduct. It's amazing how they didn't mention that before Rogers, eh? Yep, somebody had to be first, and Rogers was first. And you know, it, Telus yeah. went trotting in after them, saying, "Ooh, ooh, us too." Yeah, let's let's try and think of uh, you know, let's try and think of another company that, that that might actually do do that. Let's just take a second. Let's see here. I You're having too much fun with the sound effects. I am. I am. So what are the odds that we're going to hear from Bell or someone else? I was just going to say, I bet you five bucks Bell says something either tomorrow or Wednesday. There you go. (laughs) Right before the deadline. We'll see what what happens there. We will see what happens. All righty. So you may have heard recently in the media that uh, there was a now very rich Canadian guy from Montreal, I think, who was um, making a ton of money by buying – uh, concert tickets and and sports game tickets on mass via bots and reselling them on places like SeatGeek or not SeatGeek StubHub I think was named specifically and a few other secondary sites. Mm-hmm. Well, Google has decided they have had enough and they are going to um, put a ton of restrictions on ticket resale companies to Excellent. help prevent them from scamming you and I. Uh, from uh, out of our money. So sites like Viagogo, StubHub, and others who claim to be official vendors, even though they're actually right. selling secondhand right. tickets, they're all going to be affected. Um, Google's also going to disallow or penalize uh, people who uh, register domains like artistnametickets.com. So LennyKravitzTickets.com and FooFightersTickets.net and places like that, or venue name tickets. So BudweiserGardens.ca. Or Budweiser Gardens Tickets. Stadium show tickets. (laughs) BudweiserGardensTickets.com or AirCanadaCenterTickets.ca or Saddledome Tickets. Whatever. It's a good idea. It is a good idea. So, uh, moreover, they're going to make those states, they're going to work with those sites to make sure that they state that their ticket prices are likely higher than the face value and provide a full breakdown of prices. I don't. Oh, and and they're also going to have to be certified by Google before they can use the mm-hmm. AdWords service. Yep, I, I get it. I'm as a consumer, I'm really happy with this. As a open internet type person, this feels very gatekeepery. And yeah, but as we've already seen, sometimes, alas, not everyone on the on the internet is. Uh, is is out there for bunnies and unicorns i agree i agree like ultimately i'm not going to i'm not going to email google and be like you shouldn't do this i'm not because it's it's uh, ultimately it's their platform they can decide what 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 gets listed right Right. but yes like it, it still feels very much like no these are our rules and you have to play by our rules to get listed on our search engine and ultimately, that yep. is pr- their prerogative. I understand, yep. but it's, yep. they it's, can always that's go the sort of thing, though, that a lot of other search engine. That's a lot of that's the sort of thing, though, that a lot of other people. Yeah. Well, they oh, just don't appreciate it, no matter where it's coming from. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you know, they can go get listed. Yeah. Something like that. Lastly, Maybe. I think AltaVista is around. Uh no, AltaVista redirects to Excite.com. Okay. Or Ask.com. One or the ask, other. That's right. Okay, last but least. I distracted you there. I'm sorry. Uh, The city of Toronto is partnering with Waze 
to help improve the city's traffic awareness and management. There are over or roughly 560,000 active users of Waze in Toronto. Those users input traffic, collision, and congestion data actively or passively, which, of course, is then processed and transmitted to everybody else in the area so they can all benefit from it. Toronto is going to be getting this data to help enhance um, their information for planning and um, and you know figuring out where the issues are and where to to obviously spend their money in the future in terms of um, fighting traffic. It's the war right. on traffic, and right. this is the latest salvo in it. Well, you know what? Now we were talking about this pre-show, so I guess this is a little bit more than than what Google does uh, with Google traffic because people could actually report an accident. Yes, and so actually Google guess, traffic or more. Yeah, Google Maps has actually been including Waze data. Uh, I don't know how consistently, but including Waze data in Google Maps as well. Okay. But yeah, so you can't you like you can't report a a speed trap in Google Maps, but you can in Waze. Right. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Okay. And that's and that. That's all. That's all the quick hits. That's fit to print. Um, and I'm saying fit to print in light of uh, a bunch of newspapers closing today in Ontario. Positive thoughts, Stuart. Positive thoughts. Positive thoughts. I'm trying, man. It's difficult. Amazon's going to hire everybody anyway, so it's fine. All right. Well, you know what? You know what? Speaking of positive thoughts, let's talk. Let's talk about a positive company, namely our good friends at Olio Digital Apps. Everywhere we go, they're within an arm's reach. They make us more productive, help us stay connected, and even entertain us. And every day, they're helping organizations across Canada build a better tomorrow. At Olio Digital Labs, we are the planners, the designers, the builders of the custom web and mobile applications that are enabling small and medium-sized organizations across southwestern Ontario, empowering some of Canada's largest brands. Large or small, organizations across Canada count on our focused development process to produce affordable, scalable mobile applications that can help fuel their futures. So whether developing a rock-solid e-commerce platform for an ambitious small market, developing a complex system integration for a national enterprise, or helping an organization of any size navigate application design and user experience, accessibility, and security compliance, we are your complete web and mobile production team. We are the experts to plan, design, build, and maintain your project. Find out what Oleo Digital Labs can do for you by giving us a call or visiting us on the web at oleodigitallabs.com. Oleo Digital Labs, code that powers every day. And we'd like to thank Oleo for continuing to sponsor the Canadian Tech Podcast. Alrighty, moving on to our topics. Um, our big story of the week, and I think you'd almost in the tech world, you'd have to be under a rock if you hadn't heard about this. Um, Uber revealed that they got hacked in 2016. Um, so that's annoying enough that they waited a year before uh, telling us, the public. <laughs> but also they apparently tried to bribe or they paid 100000 to keep the information private. Well, that really didn't work out for them, did it? So this is uh, 57 million Uber accounts could be vulnerable. Um, so was the hack happened to hack happened a year ago was released on Tuesday in a blog post from the fairly new CEO, who I'm sure there was some language coming from that office. <laughs> uh, now I can't pronounce his last name. Do you have a good pronunciation, Dara? I think I actually you do. As soon as I find it, that's all right. Uh, on about three paragraphs um, in our in our link. Um, so they're oh, I didn't open up that one. Sorry. Okay. I didn't open up that there's, link. I only had the one saying, about the NDP open. Right. Okay. So we'll cover that in a second. So anyway, um, yeah. At the time, affected drivers were, weren't notified, neither were regulators or police. Um, according to Bloomberg, the company paid 100000 to keep 
information private. Uh, two people have worked on the response, of course, have been fired. Uh, <laughs> one's former Chief Security Officer Joe Sullivan and one of his deputies. Information included Uber's riders' email addresses, phone numbers, and names, and the name and license numbers of about 600,000 drivers. Now, US the company drivers. said... U.S. drivers. The company said riders don't need to check, take action, but drivers can check if they've been affected by reaching out to the company. Um, apparently, yeah, so they're is, saying... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You I go was going to say, yeah, the new CEO's name is Dara Khosrowshahi. Ko- Thank you. Khosrowshahi. He's and, having a bad day no matter what. And he looks like a badass. There you go. Yeah, he's probably kicking butts and taking names. Yeah. Um, It sounds like he already is. Yeah. So basically, uh, they're monitoring both riders and drivers' accounts for fraudulent activity. They've hired a cybersecurity firm to access the company's security teams and guide them going forward. Um, And he's basically saying, you know, none of this should have happened. I will not make excuses for it. I can't erase the past. I can comment on behalf of every Uber employee that will learn from our mistakes. Um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is another thing from the previous CEO, um, who was had to resign after a lot of different controversy there, a lot of sexual harassment complaints, stuff like that. Now in Canada, because Uber hasn't said how many Canadians were affected, um, the federal NTP is calling on the privacy commissioner to open a formal investigation, uh, because, uh, you know, they want to ask Uber how this happened and how many Canadians um, and at the moment, Uber's saying, well, they're not able to confirm the number of impacted Canadian customers. Now, part of this, is, of course, is political, but I think this is a good idea that the NDP is doing. What do you think? Um, yes. I mean, I, <clears throat> now, actually, well, I'm not sure because, and the only reason I say that is because there's like f- uh, six or seven U.S. states, the FCC, probably the FTC and like all these other American organizations who are already going to do the same thing mm-hmm. and other countries and a bunch of other countries like the UK and probably Australia and God knows who else. So should we get in on it? Sure. I guess. I mean, at, at that point, why? Like if, if it's just to find out how many Canadians were impacted. Okay, sure. Go ahead but just figure that out. Like there's a, there's a, there are already like a dozen other jurisdictions and organizations who want to do a deep dive and figure out what happened and make sure it doesn't happen again. Well, then I don't know if it's worth the privacy commissioner's office spending a ton of their time and resources doing that when we already have other issues that are ongoing and and uh an ongoing threat to privacy like mm-hmm vulnerable facebook or you know social media sites and that sort of thing um that could could cause a much larger issue in the long run so yeah, but don't you think don't you think in some ways though um you know because again we mentioned here in the story you know there's a lot of privacy kits they want the government to implement uh mandatory breach reporting because we had similar issues with equifax they were hacked you know or you know in may last into the middle of july and they didn't announce it till till september we can do um, okay, but we can enact legislation like that without the privacy commissioner spending a bunch of time and money, you know, investigating Uber specifically. Like we, mm-hmm. That that's that's a no brainer to me. I don't think we need another investigation into another company in order to figure out that that's a good idea. So, you know, with stiff penalties for for companies that don't comply, right? Well, um, it's got to be stiff penalties. Like, do you think this is this is really? 
a major blow to Uber as a company. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing else has knocked them off off their no. uh, their uh, pedestal yet overall. Right. So no, I don't think so. Uh, I would say the issues they're having in the operating in the UK period uh, is is a much bigger problem for them. I mean, ultimately, you need to assume that everybody's data was breached, right? Right, and and mm-hmm. I used Uber literally twice ever, uh, both times while in Toronto. Um, so I'm not personally concerned because that credit card is long gone. Uh, I'm not a driver, obviously, so they don't have um, driver's license you, or yeah. you know uh, insurance information or anything like that. And uh, the password I used at the time to create that account is long gone. So right. personally, I'm not worried at this point. Okay, you have my mm-hmm. Gmail address. Well, the whole world has my Gmail yeah, address. Exactly. So that's not a big deal. So I, I'm not personally concerned. Ultimately, if you have been an Uber customer in the last seven years or eight years mm-hmm. uh, since they've been operating in Canada, legally or not, uh, you should assume your account has been um, compromised and therefore you should go reset the password and and do anything else you feel like you need to do uh, in, in these sorts of situations. Simple as that. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't feel adding Canadian authorities on top of the US, the UK, the Australian, and the Philippines... Um, on top is going to reveal anything significant that those other four uh, jurisdictions are going to discover. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd rather just use our time and money elsewhere. That's all. Right. Okay. Nope. Well, like I said, good, good, good point there. All right. Let's move on. Um, assume the worst. Assume the worst. <laughs> Expect the best. Assume... And assume the position. <laughs> All right, let's talk about net neutrality. It's a big thing happening in the U.S. right now. Uh, the Trump administration wants to do undo some of the previous Obama administration's laws. Um, basically, as as Canadians, should we care? And uh, I'm going to let you start with this because we had a discussion prior to going on air. Um, so we should talk a little bit about net net, net neutrality. I think most people know know what it is. Um, yeah. Basically, what it is is if an ISP or a company, let's say. Uh, you're with an ISP that's owned by Amazon. Well, they can't prioritize Amazon's traffic over anyone else. That's the right. idea behind net, net neutrality. So, again, if you're on like a, a internet provider by AT&T, they can't purposely s- slow down Netflix. Yeah. Um, and that's that's basically the idea. And that's the way it's worked um, since, you know, it really, it really uh, the internet started. Um, so what's happening is some ISPs, especially the ones that are uh, like AT&T, Comcast, Verizon, stuff like that, um, you know, they sometimes want to say, well, no, we see a profit opportunity. We want to be able to have tiers of service. So if you're, you, if you're using our video service, it doesn't count towards your cap. Or if you're using our email service, it doesn't count or it's, it's, through, it's through quicker. Um, you know, and then they might also say, well, for example, Comcast, if they have their own TV show, let's say a TV show that competed with someone, something from, from Net, Netflix in for Comcast to slow down um, someone's internet when we're watching Netflix. So, um, so apparently, uh, yeah, they're going to vote on uh, to rescinding the net neutrality rules at the next FCC meeting, which is on December 14th. 
Um, the FCC say the rules discourage investments that could provide even better in online access for the rich. Oh, sorry. Did I say that? Um, <laughs> that last little bit. Um, so now we talked about, you know, there's places in Europe and that, that, that do this already, but it's more, and you were showing me some of the stuff out of Portugal. It's more based on cell phone plans, right? Yes. And ultimately, uh, I was just, mo- I was just looking again, you can get, um, cell phone plans from that same carrier that they're highlighting here in the global story. And a lot of people have been using as a, as an right. example of, of, uh, of the, uh, implications of, a lack of net neutrality, that same carrier has plans that are essentially unlimited. Uh, voice and SMS mm-hmm. within Portugal, unlimited or a lot for a reasonable price. And then just straight up 500 megs of data or a gig of data or 30 gigs of data um, for, right. you know, again, a reasonable rate, at least for us. I know they make less there. Um and the whole smart net thing that people are, are uh, hi- highlighting is actually unlimited access to those particular services. Right, right. So, so we, should keep, we, should, we should keep that in mind. But Yeah, so, you know, is, can, is this an example of the sort of thing that can happen? Yes. You could end up in a situation where Rogers or Videotron or down south T-Mobile – uh, want to package a want to give you a social package and give you unlimited data on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook Messenger, Tumblr. That's an interesting one. LinkedIn and Pinterest for uh, five euros a month right now and one month free. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> but again, you... we don't see that. You don't see that on the fixed internet plans <clears throat> in Portugal. It's just on the mobile. It's only on the mobile. Yes, exactly. So you and I went to three different websites. Thankfully, I can read these just fine. And you use Google Mm -hmm. Translate and got some funny results. But yeah, yeah, home home internet or business internet from Mao, Noj, and Vodafone. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, Vodafone, that's a bad example. But Vodafone didn't have any um, social or email packages or anything like that. It was just data. Mau and Noj both have both as an option. Uh, the home internet services completely unlimited, hundred megabits up and down for like twenty four euros a month. Right. So it's not happening uh, on the wireline service at home. Mm-hmm. It's only happening at one carrier as an option, <laughs> as as one way to use their mobile internet service at at, at one carrier. It's not mm-hmm. the standard. It's not the only offering right so so there there's a they're throwing up a little bit of a red herring but i think it's still a concern because for example for us in canada there's a lot of traffic that gets routed through u.s u.s sites and that so so that would be an issue but the it would i think it would be less of an issue there because ultimately I think the biggest, the biggest, uh, or the hardest hit area would be the last mile, right? AT and T, Verizon, Comcast, they are Frontier. They would want to, uh, uh, you know, yeah, they want to bill you as the consumer extra five dollars a month or what have you for accessing Netflix mm-hmm. on your home internet service plan. Not necessarily the backbone networks because the backbone networks, yes, I know Netflix and YouTube account for a lot of that, um, but uh, but that 
I don't know. You might see it there too, but I don't think it would it would impact us as much, especially when Netflix has been doing deals with Canadian carriers to uh, or Canadian ISPs to actually co-locate servers um, mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. Rogers data centers and places like that. So, and ultimately, Amazon has Canadian data centers as well. So Netflix could spin up some Canadian servers or Canadian located right. servers uh, and and do that, and I'm sure they can afford it. So. I don't know. I feel like it's it's yes, it could impact us. Certainly not mm-hmm. nearly as much as it would impact the average American consumer at home. Um, right, because I think should we I care? Think, you know, yeah, because it's it. Yeah. We all have family and friends who are. Well, most of us have family and friends or friends that are American, and we don't want to see them go down this route. But uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm also not writing to Chuck Schumer <laughs> and saying no, as no. a Canadian citizen, I feel like blah blah blah. This is something that they have to work out. Chuck Oladarku. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I've written Chuck Schumer, and he's actually written me back. But um, oh wow, okay. Well, no, and the thing with me is, I just know we've seen the behavior of some of these American companies, unlike the European companies. In Europe, they generally are a little bit more civilized in how they're doing this, and I wouldn't put anything past any any of the big telecoms down there. That's my no. main concern there. So no, we we All did right. see issues with yeah. Netflix a while ago, with especially with Comcast and Verizon. Mm-hmm. They ultimately mm-hmm. worked that out, and I think everybody was actually you know happier in the end because um, the ISP customers actually benefited from better interconnects with Netflix in the end, but uh, not without some strife in the meantime. Yeah, exactly. I do remember that. Yep. Okay, let's uh, move on to our next story. This is a. Uh, Exposure by the CBC. Um, yeah, some of it's, you know, a lot of freaking terrifying, though. Oh, I know it is. But basically what they did was they worked with a couple of um, MPs, um, one from Quebec and from Quebec. Sorry, my, my apologies. One, yeah, Matthew Dubay. Yeah, Matthew Dubay from the NDP from Quebec. So what they did was um, they arranged to give him a new phone. Um, so they didn't use his existing phone. They didn't oh, that's good. I didn't them. know that part. Yeah, no. Yeah, they mentioned <laughs> it. Yeah, they mentioned it in, in here. They gave him a brand new phone with a brand new number. Um, so yeah, so they wouldn't do 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 the existing one. But basically, uh, it was able to get pretty well hacked fairly fairly quickly. Now, Dubay's the vice chair of the House and Commons Standing Committee on Public Safety and National Security. So he went to the mall, picked up a new phone for the experiment. The CBC agreed not to use his current one work phone to protect the privacy of these phone calls. So the new phone number was given to a team of white hat hackers, ethical hacker mm-hmm. based in Berlin. I mean, it didn't take long for them to access his calls. So they were able to record a conversation between his office on Parliament Hill and uh, Radio Canada colleague as who was sitting in a cafe in Berlin. Uh, next, it was a conversation between the MP and his assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to track the geolocation data from the phone, painting a picture of his whereabouts. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they were basically, you know, when he got back uh, and the CBC team got back to Canada, they played it for the MP and have shown a map. Um, and he said, yeah, it's exactly what I did that day. Um, now, this is a phone on the Rogers network, but they've also run tests with phones on Bell and stuff like that. So this is a result of a technology um, called SS7. Um, signaling system number seven. Yeah. So it's the way cell phone networks around the world communicate with one another. So that's why you can, uh, you know, if you're down in the States and you're on a Comcast network, this is how, you know, Rogers knows how much how much to bill you. The problem is uh, hackers can gain access to it. And I guess it's not very secure. 
Um, you know, you, attacks have been known to, you know, add, delete content, change uh, content. So one of the example, the ethical hacker said they could set up a person's cell phone voicemail so that all messages went directly to a third party and they'd never know the messages were, 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 were missing. So it's one of those things where, yeah, it's the idea is technology is designed to make things a good, you know, phone network, good experience, but it lacks any, any kind of security. Um, Department of Homeland Security uh, posted something in April about this. Um, and they're saying there's tens of thousands of entry points worldwide, many of which are controlled by countries or organizations that support terrorism or espionage. Um, a lot of companies, primarily in Europe, gee, we're talking about Europe again, have beefed up their defenses. Um, and apparently Canada has a little bit to go. Yeah, we've only uh, Karsten Knoll, who was the expert uh, or like the rep from the security company in Berlin. He said that uh, both companies have only done about 10 percent of what they can do to beef mm -hmm. up uh, the security. And of course, Rogers and Bell were both like, no, 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 we're doing everything we can. We've we're we're working super hard on this. Um, uh, Bell. Oh, we work with international industry groups such as the GSMA to identify and address emergency emerging security risks including those related to relating to ss7 okay but <laughs> there's you know the the secure the guy who hacked into your network said you you can or hack the phone on your network said you're only doing about 10 percent of what you can and should be doing so where's that other 90 percent and where is it going to be happening i don't want i don't want any of this two-line bs that rogers yeah. and bell are, are laying down, especially since I've been an, a customer of both and I'm a customer of Bell now. So what the heck? Like this, this, this is not okay. This is way too easy to exploit. And, exactly. and therefore Bell, I don't care if I got to pay an extra three or four bucks a month. Bell needs to do everything they can at this point to beef up their security because this is way too easy. This is like yeah. leaving the front door open and expecting nobody to come in. Exactly. We may be in Canada, but, you know, we still have to play it safe. So, all right. Um, now moving on to another scary thing. This is a short film. This is rather, you know, if you haven't seen the film, it's rather frightening. Um, so this is a Future of Life Institute. So they released a short film. Now, this institute talks about, you know, warning about too much technology and stuff like that. But uh, they released a short film showing a dystopian future with killer drones powered by artificial intelligence. So um, basically, uh, this looks like a product demo. And the short starts with a rep from a defense contractor advertising his company's newest product, a palm-sized explosive-filled drone with an artificial intelligence implant that allows it to find, target, and kill people with a precise detonation to the head. Um <laughs> Yeah, and it Just goes from there cause, for the head because because what happens is the drones are then shown to fall into the wrong hands and wreak havoc on innocent people all around the world. So the Future Life is a Boston-based nonprofit dedicated to showing the dangers of advanced artificial intelligence. Uh, this institute is actually backed by Elon Musk, Hawking, Stephen Stephen Hawking, and other skeptics. Um, so w this cons coincided with the UN had a had a convention on certain conventional weapons. Excellent where it's going to discuss autonomous weapons. Um, so, yeah, it's worth watching this because it'll make you think, this technology's here already. It may not be as smooth, but when you watch this, yeah, you're going to go, holy beep, um, basically. Um, 
yeah, we're already here. Like you've already, uh, you know, the military is already developing uh, drone swarms and stuff like that. And you know, all it takes is a coding error because you know programs never make programmers never make mistakes, right, Derek? No, of course not. And no. I'm just wondering now: is this going to be the premise for Horrible Bosses Three? <laughs> Yo, man, I got the slaughter bot off eBay, and it's freaking awesome. Like, I'm just gonna, that I'm just gonna be. set it up and. You know, put the facial facial recognition for my boss, and uh, and we're gonna go to town. And we have a new Hollywood blockbuster on our hands. There you go. You're welcome you go. for the idea. Um, I I agree. This is a problem. We need to head off at the pass. I've been following the news about the letter that a bunch of AI research researchers put out, including a bunch of Canadian mm-hmm. ones, about the um, you know having to to stop the proliferation of AI-driven killing machines, essentially, before they start. Uh, of course, the U.S., Russia, and China are have all shown signs of interest in unmanned weapon systems. Um, and you can make the, the case that it should always be a person making that final decision. I would tend to agree, as much as I'd prefer not to anybody not to have to make that decision in general, um, mm-hmm. but whether to shoot or not. But um, so I get it. I don't know if I'll have a chance to watch Slaughterbots, but um, I, I understand the premise. I understand the the perspective. I'm I I can get behind it. Um, but whether or not the UN Convention on certain conventional weapons uh, as a whole decides to take action or to allow this technology to proliferate, I guess we'll find out relatively soon. But uh, personally, I would hope they err on the side of caution. Right. And anyway. should be like, this is this is probably a bad idea. This is how Skynet probably starts. Exactly, exactly. Okay, let's turn now to something a little bit more fun. Let's talk about our good friends at CodeShip. Well, CodeShip is a really great group of people who are putting together a software as a service so hosted online delivered continuous integration and delivery solution that lets you ship your apps with massive amounts of confidence you can choose between CodeShip basic or CodeShip pro CodeShip basic is a simple testing and deployment service with pre-installed ci dependencies that works right out of the box making your average setup time less than trois minutes or you can try CodeShip Pro. CodeShip Pro is a fully customizable continuous integration and delivery service with native Docker support. It is much easier to use than Jenkins or Travis. It makes it easy to test and deploy your microservices. You can push to any registry. It's perfect if you want to deploy with Kubernetes. It comes with a convenient local CLI tool uh, that lets you run your builds locally. It helps encrypt your environment variables to protect those from hackers. Uh-huh. And guarantees 100% parity between your development and production environments. So both CodeShip Basic and Pro come with a free plan that grants 100 builds per month, unlimited projects, unlimited users. We all know open source projects are always free on CodeShip, which is great. So visit CodeShip.com today or check out CodeShip.com features to find out which CodeShip product is the best fit for you. And we'd like to thank uh, CodeShip for their ongoing support of the podcast. All right. And now we're moving back on to our stuff we like. So mine is, it's been out for a while. It's an app from Google, uh, but I discovered it last week. It's called Google PhotoScan. So it's a really cool little app for both Google Play and uh, at the App Store. Uh, Sorry, Windows Phone users. Sorry, BlackBerry users. (laughs) No, Um, you're not. 
No, not really. <laughs> and they know it. Um, so th this allows you to take, you know, all those old, you remember, you know, you may not remember this, Derek, but in the old days, people had photos on real paper. I do remember that. Real. Thank you very okay. much. I still have so, photos on paper. There you go. So, you know, but some, you know, you want to get those into your computer so you can back them up or you want to share them or whatever. But if you've ever noticed, if you try and take, take a photo of a photo, you usually get glare and stuff like that. Well, this is really nice. This is a great little app. What it does is it scans the photo and then it figures out from the glare it sees. It'll then ask you to point the camera into four circles that it shows you on the screen near the corner of the photo. So it's almost like almost like a VR sort of thing. Um, so you basically point the camera, it takes another picture, and then it combines them all. So in the end, the glare isn't there. And then it immediately saves it up to your Google Photos account, where you can, of course, grab it from there and share it and all that. So, nice. yeah, I played around with it a little bit on a few things, and it works quite well. The other thing that's nice, I like about it, is if I'm taking pictures for, let's say, something on Kijiji, um, it used to be a pain to take some pictures because, again, you'd have the glare if it was like a shrink wrap box. Mm -hmm. So, again, you can use that. Take a picture of the box and eliminates eliminates the glare. Um, it's fairly quick, you know, because, again, it's it's certainly quicker than those old school photo scanners where you put one in and then it takes 20 seconds as it slowly scans. <laughs> um, seriously, this is a lot quicker. I can belt out one in probably like less than 10 seconds. Um, and then, uh, you know, you can just do batches and then immediately upload them from your phone up to, uh, up to, up to, f up to, uh, Google photos. So nice. it's a very, it's a very cool app. It's one of those ones, you know, you may not use it all the time, but it's certainly, it's certainly handy. Uh, cause you know, we've got some old photos I'd like to get scanned. Everyone does. Um, you know, and this would, this would certainly do, do quick and easy, um, for things like, like, like that, or, you know, almost anything, if you've got a glare and something you're trying to take. You know, like a shiny box, as I said, it just it'll get rid of that for you. So yeah, so yeah, so we've got the uh, we've got the link in the show notes, and then that takes you to the photo scan by Google Photo site, and then there's links there for the Android and Apple options, and that's mine. What's yours, sir? Mine is my recently acquired Google Home. Yes, you I had got fun one. On Black Friday. I did. Well, it's technically Thursday, but yes. All right. So it's it's still on sale for $99 Canadian, and my wife brought it up, and I went, yeah, I'm going to buy one. <laughs> it's 80 bucks <laughs> off. Why not? So, yeah, I got a Google Home, just the normal white, white on top, gray on the bottom, none of the funky mm -hmm. colors because that wasn't an option at uh, Home Depot, uh, which was fine. I, I, I don't need the gold base or anything like that. Gray yeah. actually looks was quite nice with my... Um, kitchen decor decor the 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 countertop in the kitchen okay so uh works great um you say you can say hey g word or okay g word so that's kind of nice so you don't always have to say okay you can say hey yeah. instead which is no, which, no, which i appreciate now, now now we should know derek records downstairs in the in the basement so i already checked with them to see yeah. if it was down there so it's not apparently well if i yeah yeah if i say okay g word affect everyone else if yeah, i say so okay g word nice. yes i will affect your um your device potentially and my phone yeah. which is right beside exactly me. so we're, we're trying to be nice yeah so i'm gonna so uh and i so i i've i've got um google play music hooked up and so i could just say yeah. okay you know what play some lenny kravitz and it does that, or play some Bruno Mars, and it'll just start cycling through Bruno Mars songs. 
which is really, really cool. Um, there are a few radio stations that I know of that I like or like playlists. And so I'll say play that. And it typically does. Um, it's not perfect, but it, that normally works. Uh, I see iHeartRadio is available on here as well. I haven't tried that, but I, I guess I could try go. some uh, some radio stations. See if we can play play the Canadian Tech Podcast. Um, well, <laughs> that'll probably work because uh, we are yeah. we are listed on on Google Play Music. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, um, one really nice thing, and I knew they were working on this. I just didn't know how well it would work. Was that they've worked really hard on understanding kids' voices. So my eight year old actually works it just fine he's like hey uh g word play um i can make your hands clap cool this song's only called hand clap or hands clap but google figures it out and starts playing the song and so he starts dancing around the room and you can set the volume remotely a couple different ways like set the volume to three out of ten or and you just need to say three or set the volume to like 40 percent it works either way um, the range on the microphones is pretty incredible. Uh, yeah. I was down, you've been to my house, right? Yep. Yep. So there's the kitchen. There's that small counter all by itself yep. underneath the big clock. So I was downstairs in the living room, um, mm-hmm. by the TV and I yelled up at it and asked it to do something. Heard me perfect. Did exactly what I asked it to do. I'm like, wow, that, that's actually really impressive. Uh, awesome. Same thing from upstairs in the bedroom. Like I'll just poke my head out and be like, "Hey, do this," and it does it. Um, so yeah, it's working really. It's working really, really well. It's not perfect. Uh, I was, I picked a radio station in Google Play Music on my phone and casted it to the device, and I found that after about ten or fifteen songs, things weren't quite synced up anymore between the app and the Google Home. So that was a little odd, but that that's a software fix. Um, no, now have you tried some of the Easter legs, Easter eggs? Like, have you told it to open the pod bay doors? I did, and it said okay. that, and it said something along the line along the lines of, "I'm afraid I can't do that, but there is a spare key uh, underneath or behind the, the 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 palm tree or something like that. You can the let yourself pot. in yeah. the flower pot. Yeah. Uh, you can let yourself in." And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> So they have a few fun. So they took they the creepy few, part out. Yeah, they have a few fun ones. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? Here, here's when you can try when your wife and kids aren't aren't there. I wonder if no. And I'm just I just because you said you talked about adjusting the volume. Mm-hmm. Um, how 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 about Google? Can you make the volume go to eleven? <laughs> final tap. Well, I did say I did. Uh, so I put some music on earlier, and because nobody else was home, I could swear, and I said, and I said, hey, G word turn that s word up and it worked <laughs> i was like yes so if you're in like you're if you're in that sort of room like hey turn that s up it works it's it works just fine um yeah oh, so we've, actually guess what oh. I, I i i just looked it up and that if you say that if you go away hey g word it'll actually if you say 11 it'll turn it to the max oh there you go so now did, it's pretty did. loud like yeah, they did. They did put six, it in six or seven out of ten, at least in my house, is quite loud. Like you are not yeah. able to hold a conversation anymore at that level. Right. So this, so the speakers are pretty good. The microphones are really good. Uh, I'm very happy with the ninety nine dollars I spent uh, awesome. so far. So so far so good. Like I said, a few little oddities here and there, but nothing that can't be overcome cool. by 
just disconnecting and reconnecting or something you like that. You know what? So. And, it, and it makes it very much easier for those 15 intelligence agencies to keep an eye on <laughs> Just saying. Right? Sure, you Nick know? McRae. Sure. There you go. There you go. All right. What are we up to lately? Man, oh, man. I had an absolutely crazy, weird week last week. I'm not even going to go into it. It's just... If it, you know, I have one week a month that I call my crazy week, and this didn't help that the car died. And then about 28 other crazy things happened. So, <laughs> yeah. So I get the car, I got the car back. I am going to be starting some seasonal work at the LCBO. That's the liquor, that's the liquor store in Ontario. Mm -hmm. And before anyone asks, because everyone does, I don't get a staff discount. Sorry. That's, guys. that's some BS right there, man. I tell you, I got to keep it Even for if myself. it was like 5%, that'd be nice. Oh, I know. But they, uh, you know, as I said, it's probably to prevent me from, from buying, you know, 28 cases and then selling it on the street court. <sighs> Whatever. Probably. I know. Then they could track it against your, your, your employee ID or something. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. You know, so on a blockchain, see, I see you, I see you bought, uh, 48 uh, cases of crown Royal, uh, this week. That's and a, you bought another 48 cases. I think we've got to cut you off at this point, Stuart. <laughs> exactly. So no, I start some staff training, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be there for some weekend work. I'm actually looking forward to it. I've almost liked retail. Um, and it kind of pays, pays, pays the bills. It's, that's one and of the best paying retail jobs you'll ever have. That's it for is, sure. It is. They're a good, they're, they're a good company to work. Hey, I know some products well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this oh, is a dear. lovely beer. Come over here. This is a lovely and yeah, a lovely not, Scotch whiskey. Come it's over not here. like that domestic crap. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be the hoity-toity of the beer aisle. Great. It's not like um, the domestic Canadian Scotch whiskey. No, can it, can <laughs> beer from the big from the big from the big breweries, micro brews for the win. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'll be doing that, and there's some other, you know, just generally busy stuff but yeah just just crazy time of year and what about you uh pumping out lots of proposals and quotes at olio it seems like a, an end of year type thing where people are like oh i got money to spend uh or oh we got to get this rfp out and the budget finally got approved or something like that yep so doing all that, um, getting down to the wire, the contest we've been supporting, um, put on by the Ministry of Education, I think, mm -hmm. and Brookfield mm -hmm. Institute at Ryerson. That ends on Thursday night at midnight. So uh, supporting some folks there and making sure they got their uh, issues dealt with, they can deploy their apps and all that. Uh, keep it tabs on some cryptocurrency investments I've been, oops, wrong thing. Uh, making lately so basically i took a couple hundred bucks and i bought some ether and then i've been spreading that around a little bit so uh to give you some some idea of like <laughs> the crazy growth there's been in that area lately 50 bucks 10 days ago uh of ether is now worth 62 dollars right that's that's not huge dollar wise but percentage mm -hmm. 12 bucks on 50 that's that's really something um hmm. the zcash i keep mining keeps growing up in value as well i bought 50 dollars uh worth of aragon network tokens that's worth 57 now i bought 50 dollars worth of status network tokens that's worth 57 <laughs> yeah um if uh, anybody follows me on twitter you might have seen my tweet about the eth lend uh, ICO. I, I spent fifty there, and so I've got fifty. Well, original fifty dollars uh, uh, left in Ether left. That's going to be going towards a. Uh, I guess it's still called an ICO, but it's a token uh, sale uh, for the Bloom Network. 
the bloom to buying bloom tokens on i think i'm in on wednesday because i'm part of the whitelist right. so uh yeah so that's exciting it, what i what came in this 200 is worth about 230 now thereabouts so again percentage wise that's that's quite significant that's 15 percent in like 10 days mm-hmm. will this continue oh, I, I have no idea but that's why i only put 200 dollars in because i'm that's not right. <laughs> willing to lose my shirt over uh, as as the bad cryptocurrency uh podcast i just started listening to as they call it magical internet money so <laughs> Uh, they're actually, they're actually quite bullish on on the market, but of course, I mean all all money is magical money because we got rid of the gold standard. So, um, yeah, so that that's where we're at right now with that, and um, and to top it all off, not even close. I should top it all off with everything else I got going on, but uh, we're in the middle of budget season in Middlesex centers, so we already approved frozen water rates for 2018 which is nice mm-hmm. uh, so they're not going up and um trying to figure out uh the, the rest of the budget situation we're in a much better position than in london which is nice yes. uh, the the three point whatever percent london's looking mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. uh increase mm-hmm. right now on top of assessment growth we are we're looking much below that it should be 199 at the most uh, hoping for like a 196, 197 once we figure out from MPAC uh, how many new properties came online uh, right. this this right. year. So, right. yeah. So, good stuff. All right. Well, as usual, we had some extra stories that we didn't get a chance to uh, cover. So, definitely check those out in Noteworthy News. Uh, don't forget to. Sorry, I want to I want to highlight yeah, I want to highlight the first two. So the Blue Wave Get review for Mobile Syrup, that's actually a kind of like a Bluetooth speaker um, from a Quebec-based company. So that's cool. And then uh, IBM is actually is recommending to uh, the province of British Columbia that they use blockchain technology, specifically I think that would be Hyperledger that they're part of uh, to track. Uh, the entire cannabis industry out there. So mm-hmm. that's a really interesting article if you're into marijuana or blockchain. Cool. Or both. Or both. There we go. Both which I once. Which I think is a pretty big intersection at this point. <laughs> that's the worst that could happen. Really. Really. Um, all righty. On that note, we better leave before we get another intelligence agency following. Sure. Somebody um, mentioned marijuana. Start listening in. Somebody mentioned marijuana. Listen to their publicly okay. available podcast. There you go. So don't forget to review us on that podcast at iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Spreaker, Stitcher, Player FM. Actually, we should say it's really just iTunes. We the more iTunes ratings, the better because for whatever reason, nobody else really does a rating system. It's pretty much all iTunes. But but do but do but yeah, we really appreciate when you do that. Listen wherever you like, but if you have an iTunes account, please give us four or ideally five stars. So Total that more stars, people right. listen. Yeah, the more stars, the better. More, more stars, less problems. Yeah. And retweet us because we have an account on Twitter. We also have a page on Facebook. Do a normal share and like or even go old school and tell a friend. Uh, you can also uh, send us an email at contact at canadiantechpodcast.ca to let us know what you think. All right. Any last minute things? Nope, I'm good. Oh, for episode 141 for Monday, November 27th, 2017. My name is Stuart Clark. My name is Derek Silva. Thank you and be well.